Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dishes and Dimes brought to you by BasketballNews.com. I'm your host today, Noor, and I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Iman and Sandy. And we brought a very special guest today who might help us get over the worst loss, maybe of the season, that we just witnessed and that now we have to do a podcast on. So you're welcome, everybody listening. Um, And without further ado, Blake Murphy. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. (laughs) Thank you for coming on. (laughs) There's nowhere I'd rather be than spending my Valentine's Day with my favorite podcast. So thank you for having me on. I'm blushing. He knows. He knows how to be charming. He does. He was like, you know, nowhere I'd rather be to spend Valentine's than spending Valentine's Day with us. And we're like, hey, do you want to be our Dr. Phil tonight? (laughs) 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 Look, there's no way this is going to be the worst Raptors Valentine's Day experience of my life. I took a date to the Jeremy Lin Lin Sanity game. Yeah. <laughs> I was I know. How did that go? Was it a second date afterwards? Or yeah, we ended up dating for a long time, like too long a time. Um, but yeah, trauma bonds people together. Trauma yeah. bonds people together. I was yeah, at a you, restaurant down there uh, you downtown. Can't, like, you can't share years. a moment like that and then not not power through. If you can get through that, what can't you get through, right? But did no, no one catch? He said too long. What does that mean, Blake? Do we can we get into that? No, no, that's okay. It's just. <laughs> You know those relationships that last uh, a couple years and they probably should only lasted one year or whatever. It happens. A couple that watches a Jeremy Lin buzzer beater together stays together. That's what they always say. For a couple not. years. <laughs> stays together longer than they should. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we're so glad that you could join us today, honestly. And um, if no, those of you who don't know, Blake has been honestly one of our biggest supporters just making sure that our names get brought up wherever they should be brought up and he's done just such a such an important job when it comes to elevating women in sports and bringing those voices to the forefront that haven't been given that opportunity up until now so honestly Blake like the fact that we're here right now is could be partly because of you so thank you for everything and thank you for agreeing I don't know I don't know about all that it's just retweeting good okay, content stop that's it. all stop it. no it's, it's elevating people in sports i don't think there's a single raptors writer that i've ever talked to that didn't say that blake helped them in some way shape or form so credit where credit constantly and we see it we see it on the tl we see how you speak to people and we see that like you, you just have that helpful nature in you and it honestly means a lot so okay well before we get too corny and everything we kind of Go down that route, but we can talk about the can game. That one quick today. question before we get into the game, just for Blake here. As someone who has to deal with <laughs> Raptor fans coming into your mentions and your DMs asking you ridiculous questions, trade requests, and stuff, how do you deal with it? Because I think all of us are starting to get that a little bit more and more. Um, I, I'm not always <laughs> the nicest <laughs> in my responses, but how do you deal with it? Yeah, I try, I try very much to be like kind and patient with, with people and. You know, it's one of those things I try to keep in mind that like that one individual probably doesn't know that like we've had a bunch of people sending us that stuff. Yeah. They think it's just like, oh, I'm going to send Noor Rahman a, a trade idea, but they don't. They, so they they can't know that like it's the 17th bad trade machine screenshot you've got that day. <laughs> um, so I try to keep that in mind. And then the other thing, too, is like if you're not mean to people very much at all, when you are, it packs way more of a punch. Um, because it, people just aren't used to it or whatever. So 
yeah. the more you know judicious you can be with, with letting those out uh the better the one that kills me though is like this is year six of i'm gonna vent for a second um this is year six of raptors <laughs> 905 and they've played like 250 games at this point and it's been like 250 games in a row where people ask me where they can watch the game and like, can I send them a link and stuff like that? And all of the stuff is available online. You can find it. It's always on the team's account or the team's, uh, you know, Google's schedule page free. or whatever. Yeah. Actually, that's not the worst. The worst was the guy who the day my grandmother <laughs> passed away, sent me his fantasy lineup and was like, oh, no. Hey, I know you're probably going through a lot, but if you need, uh, if you need something to take your mind off it, can you let me know what you think of my fantasy lineup? Oh my God. <laughs> that was my favorite one. No, I like, I thought maybe he didn't know, but like, no, no, he made the comment. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, uh, you should have cut him off. I'm sorry. That's- nah, I, I just ignored that one. But- <laughs> Oh, no. That's, that's actually wild. See, I'm not, like, pro-blocking people, but that's a block. I don't have anyone blocked. Oh, that's really you're, you're a good person. Yeah. That's for, good for a person. while, I had one X, not the Jeremy Lin X, a different X blocked. <laughs> um, but that's it. The, the reason is, is, like, you see some of these accounts that are, like, antagonistic, and then, like, you look, and their pinned tweet will be, like, Doug Smith blocked me. me. Like, haha, I triggered Raptors Media or whatever. I'm not giving them that W. It's very true. They get off of that. Even like with us, I'm, we're not like, I don't consider myself meat or anything like that. We're just a podcast, but every now and then we'll get stupid comments. And I, I, I honestly notice like how you handle it because your comments to people who are clearly trolling you make me laugh so hard because you approach it so nicely. Whereas like, if I get comments, I either actually, no, I just, I always ignore because I know if I don't ignore you're getting shut the fuck up. I'm going to find you. I'm, I'm coming over to your house. What's your address? Like, I just, I'm going to get to the other extreme. It's not going to be. Yeah. Th- that's the other thing for me too, is I don't have to worry about the like gendered and sexist layer of things. Right. Like um, that's a very real factor. And, and then also I'm like a little, you know, I've been around for a little bit, so I, I don't think I get um, quite, I mean, there's still like aggressive people and stuff, but I haven't got someone threatening to drive to Toronto and fight me for like three years. So that's, uh, we're moving in the right direction. Wow. Maybe I just look, maybe I just look tougher as I get older or something. <laughs> I don't know, but it hasn't, uh, hasn't happened for a while. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm cool with people trolling me. I think I handle that really. I just like will ignore most no, of it. You, you come at Kyle Lowry. You come at Kyle Lowry. That's what I'm clapping back. We all have our people. That's it. Yeah. No one, there's no one, no one's sticking up for Baines anymore. Even the, the Baines fan club account has gone uh, dark, I think. Yeah. I was bad for that guy. Raptor fans are ruthless. Yeah. He was, he's really nice too. I've DM'd with him a little bit and talked to him. He's nice. I, you know what? I'm all about unabashedly supporting a player through the good and the bad. Um, Pretending that every miscue is still the greatest thing you've ever seen in life. That's what I do. But my favorite players, I'm all about him doing it for Aaron Baines. I support it. Yeah, six points, five rebounds. I mean, that's <laughs> he had, the Raptors have had worse starting I centers know. than that. <laughs> he had he had Baines had a game where he had like two points, two boards, and two assists. I think and he goes at a triple double, and I was like, this is great. This is great content. All about the spin. Uh, yeah, Baines has been interesting. I I'm the same way where like I'm ride or die for my teammates. Uh, not my teammates, or my the people that I love. My uh. The, the people that I support. But when it comes to Baines, I don't know, man, it's it's getting tougher and tougher because I feel like it's 
you know, we've given him enough time, I feel like, to gel with the uh, to gel with the team, figure out who's going to help him with the lobs, where he needs to be on defense, where his IQ should be at all times. Um, and then to put him next to all the other players who are also new, who are also adjusting to the lineup, you see that they've kind of molded themselves better than Baines has, and Baines has more of a um, impacting position than they would. So at that point, you're kind of just like, you're asking, you're asking more for, for Baines and he's not able to give that to you. Where do you think, what do you think is going to happen at the trade deadline? What do you think is going to happen with Baines afterwards? Where do you see, do you see Messiah making any moves? Yeah, it's, I'll start with you, Blake. It, it's tough, you know, like even to, even in tonight's game, he played 24 minutes and they played those minutes even. It's not like Baines was the biggest problem, but when you start the season the way he did, like he has such a big hole to dig out of with like, reputation and the way people respond to stuff um but it's also they they need help there right and, and they thought alex len was going to be able to give them minutes and if baines was struggling start and, and like it's clear in washington that alex glenn is probably better than uh aaron baines at this point but um you know so i i don't think they like planned for this to be the center rotation I do think they'll probably address it. I, I think this week sometime you're probably going to hear Andre Drummond stuff pick up. Now, I don't think that's realistic for the Raptors necessarily. Like, I, I think you'll hear them attach to them just because the Raptors get attached to kind of everyone. Um, but, like, cap-wise, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. But I, I do think what a Drummond move would do is set the center market nice and early, right? The big center is off the board. Uh, and unless someone's going to take on Al Horford's contract, like, I don't think there's another – big name center going to move. So then, you know, you can kind of pivot to, and the sellers can kind of pivot to like the less sexy names like Ken Birch and Robin Lopez and Rashawn Holmes. Like those guys probably won't move until the drum and stuff is settled. So um, at least if that picks up steam, we're still like five weeks away from the deadline. So um, it's a little early for that. I, I had kind of thought the G league bubble might be like this big audition for everyone, but it's not, it's not a very deep year for the center position down there. So I don't, I don't know that you'd plug anyone in. So uh, it might have to be trade. How about you, Iman? Of like trades that Iman. I think like, uh, sorry, uh, like trades I think that will happen for at the center position or like what I think. Yeah. Like what do you think? What do you think should or could happen? I like, I, I don't, I don't, I genuinely don't know. I, I feel bad for Baines. Like this is such a weird year coming into this, coming into this team. Um, there's not really been a real training camp. They're not in Toronto. There's not a there wasn't a full preseason. You're not getting the same practices. You're trying to fit in, and I think people are probably comparing him a little bit. For one, he has to fill Marcus Lowe's shoes, which is like a near impossible task. And then number two, I think people are also just thinking about how quickly. Marcus Ole acclimated to what this team did, especially on the defensive end, where it's like Marcus Ole is literally a genius <laughs> and one of the greatest defensive centers in this league. Um, and so it's like, I just, I worry about like how harsh people are being on Baines where like maybe our expectations were a little bit too high. Um, I agree, like, I agree with everything Blake said. I just don't see a trade for, for, um, for Drummond working there. Like Sandy and I have been in clubhouse and people consistently ask that. And my number one thing is like, okay, but how do you make the money work? And just like sitting there and like, there's really, there's no way. Drummond just makes way too much money. Um, Al Horford has, I think, a second year on his deal. So it's like, nobody's buying that out. He's playing really great. But like, I don't like, how do you, how do you, you can't, there's just no one there. 
I just, I think it's going to be really difficult for the Raptors to get somebody. And I'm also worried about this idea of like just starting OG at the five. Like I like that in certain games and matchups, but like he's 23. I don't want to cut his career by four years because we're making him play the center position and just banging against some of the biggest bodies in the league. I just don't see that making the most sense for OGN and OB um, long term. I think when it comes to OG starting and stuff too, you could do it so that it's more so based off the matchups. Like if the other team's going smaller, then you can have OG at the five. But like yeah. you said, like OG, OG against minutes. Embiid. I just like it for like I like it for spot minutes. I like it sometimes, sure, but like just for him to consistently just be that, or like even like how people are saying like stagger him and someone else. Like I just think that's a lot of minutes at OG playing the five and yeah granted he's he's strong and big and we've seen him go up against Zion we've seen him go up against Bam and I know he can do it but just like I mean Andy Davis didn't want to play the five right (laughs) Chris Bosch was a Raptor for how many years and didn't want to play the five like it's just a lot of wear and tear on people's bodies uh do you agree with that Blake yeah for sure and and I think you know the other thing too is if you start OG at the five, then you have Baines and Boucher to try to find time for off the bench, and you're basically then shelving Baines, and you're making you're actually making your depth situation worse effectively because you're not going to play Baines and Boucher together off the bench. Um, you know I, I'm with you though. I, I think spot minutes I think is a potential closing lineup. It's a lot of fun. Um, I'm very glad to hear you refer to it as OG at center because. I get really, you know, really bothered when people call it the Pascal at center since OG's always guarding the center. Um, But yeah, I'm with you. I I like it for spot minutes. You know, you could start it once in a while. Um, Certainly a closing option, especially when Norm's playing well. Um, But I don't, you know, I'm also like, I'm not a big believer in the idea that Norm can't be this guy off the bench. I think Norm can go to the bench and and be fine. He, He should be. There's not a good explanation for why he can't. Um, so, you know, I, I'd be going, why do you think that happens? Why do you think his consistency literally drops? Like he forgets how to play basketball. I think part of it is, you know, with the starters, he's the third or fourth guy and you get to attack a scrambling defense and, uh, there's a little less attention on you. Um, you know, that starting group forces more turnovers so he can get out and transition. But I think that like, you look at what those bench lineups look like. They're always going to have a Boucher to rim run or clean up his misses. They're almost always going to have one of Lowry or Van Vliet to kind of run point. I, I don't, I don't think he should be like dramatically worse coming off the bench. And we've seen it for like five, eight game stretches um, where he's this guy off the bench too. I just, Amon, you look like you disagree. I've been pro to start Norm Powell. I, I, I don't know. I think you, I think you hit on it. One, he's playing with better defenders when he's in the starting lineup. Two, he, I, I feel like when you ask Norm to do a lot is when you're going to get the most frustrating norm. <laughs> um, I, I love him in the starting lineup. I've been a fan of norm starting since last season. Obviously, Fred VanVleet took that starting role. I'm not going to, like, Fred VanVleet is just so good that I'm not, not saying anything there. But I just, like, I don't know. I just am worried about what norm we see when he returns to the bench because it doesn't make sense. And also, as we talk about the Fred, <laughs> and I, uh, but as soon as we get to the – to the game is just talking about Fred plus bench. I'd love to talk about some of that lineup that we saw in the third quarter that um, went down 17 to two, had that 17 to run against them a little <laughs> bit. Cause it's really frustrating watching this team sometimes with um, non Lowry minutes, <laughs> which is something that we saw early in the season. And then that road trip kind of changed the narrative completely. Like the Raptors, I was looking at some, some games. I think it was the Philly one where the Raptors had a 50 
offensive rating when Kyle sat. And I remember my mind just being blown and being like, never let this man sit. Like, what are we doing? And then obviously the road trip happened. Kyle missed some games and this team's offense looked good. They put up 144 against the Kings. Granted, that's like the worst defense I've ever seen in my life. But still, um, it's not like the Timberwolves defense is like, you know, <laughs> any yeah. like it shouldn't be like, I was watching the Timberwolves. I'm like, these are really young guys. Like everyone just kind of seemed, I don't know. But um, I just, I watched that and I was just like, I need Kyle to come in. As soon as he came in, he, he got to the line for two free throws. And then I'd, I'd love to talk about what that play call was with Fred just running the entirety of the court right there for that like Hail Mary, like layup over two defenders. Didn't understand it. Didn't love it. Um, but that's when we get into the game. I just, I'm so frustrated from that hockey side. I'm sorry. I mean, we can get into it right now. <laughs> you want to go? Start, Iman. What Let's was go. that game like? <laughs> can you be our, our, like, Dr. Phil right now? What did we watch? Help what us, Blake. Yeah, Help us. That I... was, yeah, if it wasn't the worst loss of the season, it's um, right there. I, there was one earlier in the year that I can't remember. I think maybe the Kings loss was more frustrating. But it's really close, if not. Like, the, oh, the this one was a uh, – pardon? Yeah, so the Kings loss was bad. Yeah, and it was it was really similar to this one, right? Like, a game that just shouldn't have been close late, and then you lose the handle on it because you waited too long to kind of pull everything together. And obviously, you know, Siakam missing the, the winner there, and he's now – what is he? Three for 16 in the clutch this year. And it's just like it, – it's almost comical, like – like, no one is – I'm not going to be 3 of 16 in the clutch if you give me a long enough sample. It's – and, like, so many of them have just rimmed out. So, obviously, this one could have ended very differently, but I don't think I would have felt better about it if they stole it and won. Like, especially after Towns fell out late, they just didn't play well. They, there was no real energy. They they didn't um, – you know, they forced a lot of turnovers, but that was about it defensively. Um, you know, I just thought it, it wasn't great. And those minutes, like, sure, the the staggering – looks better when OG's back because they do Kyle and OG and then Fred and Pascal and that gets shifted up a little bit when OG's not playing but yeah those four-man bench units that play with one starter just and and this is another spot where like I kind of you know this is I hate looking at things this way because you're like weakening one part to to strengthen a less important part but like Norm (laughs) makes those units a lot better if he's coming off the bench where I don't know if OG does um if he's coming off the bench it just that foursome with Fred is just not a not a great at, at the risk of like saying that without having the numbers in front of me I don't like it forces the ball in Fred's hands with that group there's not a lot of shooting um Terrence Davis is not a good decision maker if you put the ball in his hands and like Bembry can only force so many turnovers like it's just it's not a good five some I don't think it's not it's just it was not fun watching that bleeding happen or what were you thinking as that was going on I think Blake made a really good point where even if we had won, it would not have felt like a good win. Like we should not have been that close with the Timberwolves. Because here, what? Here's, here's why I disagree. Here's why I disagree. I think of some of the wins that they had last season, where they clearly slept walk through most of it, and that's kind of how I went through this game. It was just like, okay, they're just gonna like, there's gonna be a stretch in the fourth. Kyle's gonna come in. He's gonna do his little Kyle thing, and we're all gonna be frustrated that they were like in this game this late but they're just gonna pull it out in the end because that's kind of what they do they were what the second best team in the clutch last season and like that's kind of sometimes they they do they just kind of sleepwalk through games and they're just not good enough to do that this season but they did that quite a bit last 
year. And I felt confident in these games where they were bad for most of it, that they were just going to have this run in the fourth quarter where they were going to put the other team away. Five good minutes of basketball. We also saw that against the Wizards not too long ago, right? Where it's like, all right, just like put them, put them away. Um, if it's not the Wizards, it's the Heat. It was some team. I can't remember now who. But and then they just have like five minutes of just like lock, like they just like lock down defensively, force a bunch of turnovers, get out in transition, score a bunch, put the team away, and then you're left smiling on the way out. And they just couldn't do that. <laughs> and that was really, really frustrating. They um, haven't done that at all this year. Like, I remember last year, like you said, we'd be watching the game. It'd be third quarter, down 30 to the Mavs and the half, you know. Like, we're like, okay, we're still going to come back. We still have a chance. Nowadays, we're down 30 in the third quarter. I don't have that same confidence whatsoever. Like, not at all. I'm Kyle like, we probably thing. are losing. Kyle you did? did thing. Kyle, I yeah, Kyle did his thing. Yeah, Kyle did his thing. Like, exactly what kind of you expect like expecting those games yeah I felt like Kyle showed up in the fourth and, and forced the turnover that he almost into, broke his like, arm trying that, to get the ball yeah 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 like he he did his thing when he came in and it, I enjoyed those every minutes um but it just felt like there wasn't enough and I felt like in years past there was and that's what was the most frustrating to me about this game not just the entirety of it because like I kind of feel like the Raptors sometimes don't show up on a Sunday, especially. Like, you know, it's like a weekend. I don't know. It's like and we have so many Sunday like, games coming up. Yeah, just like, I feel like, they, you know, they see the Timberwolves, they're like, all right, that's a win. You know, we'll, we'll play five yeah. solid minutes in the fourth and just pull this one out. That's what I thought they were doing, but that's not what they were doing. Like, did you, did you agree with me at all in this? Yeah, and, and it was especially disappointing. Like, obviously, they had this tough road trip. They played five games in seven days. They've been bouncing all over. And then they had two days off. Like, they practiced on Saturday, but not really. They did some walkthrough stuff and got some shots up. Um, you know, you look ahead and for the next five are against the Bucks or 76ers. And even with the Bucks, like the Bucks have I think dropped three straight, like they're gonna be they're gonna be hungry and the Raptors have not matched up well with them, especially if OG's still out. Um, you know, this would have been to me a game that, you know, you kind of gotta get because now you're looking at being three games under five hundred again and four of the next five are really tough. And you know, we talked trade stuff earlier. If you drop three or four of these five and you're further under 500, you know, maybe these trade conversations turn the other way. Um, so there doesn't seem to be that sense of urgency that you'd hope for. And, and, you know, coming on here as some of the Fred and Kyle quotes came out from post game, like they're not rosy. Guys are guys are pissed. And, and I know like Fred and Kyle, um, you know, both dropped 20 plus in this one. I thought Kyle was really good. Um, you know, I don't know how much of those Fred bench units you really hang on Fred alone. But, like, they're not – yeah, and, and there's just, like, especially on a night where Siakam doesn't really have it as a scorer. Like, I just – they need something from the bench, and Boucher's been that a lot, and, you know, you get it sometimes from other guys, but it's just not consistent enough. So this was this was disappointing. I thought for sure after two days off they'd come out, and this would be kind of one of those take-care-of-business games where, you know, it's your one soft spot on the schedule this month. Um, but no. Nope. Yeah. Now I, I will say I, I will say any. Minnesota I think looks better without D'Angelo Russell, which is uh, not the best for them. Can I just say the Raptors, as, as we're just kind of doom and gloom right now, have had some of the worst luck with three point shooting this season. This is only they were saying this on the broadcast. This was only the thirteenth game in Ricky Rubio's entire career that he's made at least four three pointers. Ricky Rubio's been in the league for over 10 years. 
but so I love uh, the Raptors. Amon, let me turn that back on you. And I have a question. We were talking about this a little on the timeline during the game. Um, yeah. The Raptors are like bottom five in opponent three point percentage this year. Like teams are hitting shots against them consistently. Um, and we like big picture statistically, you don't have a lot of control over your opponent's three point percentage. The Raptors were either, depending on how you look at it, really good last year with that or really lucky. Um, do you think there's an element of like, teams know what to expect with the style like they're gonna double towns they're gonna take towns out of the game they're gonna be really aggressive for steals and then you have guys like rubio and vanderbilt and beasley just like i guess more ready or more aware that they're gonna get those opportunities do you think there's there's an effect of that in like year three under nurse yeah i think so but at the same time we're talking about guys that aren't great three-point shooters historically so like they still have to make it. And I, I just like, I, I like, I completely understand what you're saying. It's a very similar thing how we, you know, when we talk about the Milwaukee Bucks and like how teams get hot against them, but it's like, really, it's Shemi Ojale. Like, why, like, why is this happening consistently? It's Aaron Bledsoe. Like, why, it, it, to me, it's like, it's still guys that like, yeah, the Raptors are giving them the threes because like, they shouldn't make them and they are. So yeah, it's part, it's in part design, but it's still just guys that you wouldn't expect to make the shots. Yeah, that, that Harden game from last year stands out still to me where they like, they just like oh, hard yeah. doubled Harden every single time. And like, actually, I remember after that game, that was one of the more frustrating like Twitter response games because everyone was so critical of it. And I went and looked and like the times they double teamed him, they were actually okay defensively. It just like, you know, down the stretch, all those guys they're, hit they're everything. Like that was the Ben McLemore game. Right. Like <laughs> that's kind of Houston's design. It's like we're going to have Eric Gordon. We're going to have right. PJ Tucker. We're going to have three point shooters. It's Aaron Bledsoe. It's Ricky Rubio. Like I just feel like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> okay, not to rub not to rub salt in your wounds right now, but we've also seen Pascal take these shots where it's the last shot of the game, you know, we're relying on him to either make it so that we're tied or that we win the game. And I think there's been three of these shots that have come this close to going in and they come right out. At this point, how much do you guys blame luck and how much do you guys blame Pascal? Like, I'll let you start. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think early in the year when those were happening, uh, I definitely would have leaned more toward uh, Pascal. I, I think, you know, I, I think it was pretty clear that he was in his own head a little bit with his early struggles, especially coming off of the way that he had performed in the bubble. Um, and they're just like, if you think back to like Pascal's first 10 or 12 games, like he wasn't getting to the front of the rim very well. It was a lot of those like seven, eight, nine footers instead of going all the way up. And I think, yeah, the one tonight uh, against, um, who do you drive against? McDaniels. Um, he like, he probably could have dunked that, but I still think it was a nice aggressive take to the front of the rim. Uh, it just rimmed out. So I think, you know, as it's gone on more, I, I would say it's just some, he's snake bitten a little bit. Um, but process-wise, early in the year, it was just like, it wasn't there. Um, and I, I don't think the confidence was there. Um, you know, I think even his reaction tonight where, like, instead of, you know, you go back to the earlier ones in the year and his body language was just awful, right? Like, he looked defeated. And tonight it was more of a F you, I can't believe that yeah. didn't go down. And I think that's an important change just in terms of, like, his confidence moving forward. Uh, having said that, you know, it, it might be time to mix those looks up a little bit just to see, uh, you know, what those scenarios look like with, with the ball in someone else's hands a little bit. 
Yeah, I agree. I like the fact that he got to the basket. There, I was listening to the Timberwolves broadcast, and they were just like, "Why didn't he?" Like they, they were perplexed. And they're like, "Yeah, we want the Timberwolves to win," but like <laughs> they were perplexed at like how he finished that. <laughs> they were just like, "Why didn't he go harder?" Um, but he got to the basket, which is what we were upset about in that Golden State Warriors game, uh, or the Portland Trailblazers, or both. Um, and 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 so there there is growth in there. I also just think that he's been playing better. And you know, like I remember when Demar hit his first game winner against Orlando Magic, and I remember how brutal that year was, where the Raptors just kept losing these really tight and close games to start the season, and they finally hit one, and like things change. And if Pascal is going to be the guy to take those shots for you late in games. Okay, at least he's like improved. At least he got to the basket, which is what we want. I'm kidding. I'm like really trying to be optimistic because people say that. No, I'm no, I completely player. agree. <laughs> I honestly like, think like the beginning of the season, it almost seemed like he was exclusively just taking three pointers. Like that was it. He was practicing his three point shot. And we were getting frustrated because we were like, Pascal, you're 10 feet tall, go in the paint, like do what you have to do. You can, you can trample people. You can get in the basket. You can do what you got to do. And then you're right. Like as long as we're seeing him take those aggressive shots, he's making sure that he's, you know, hitting bodies, he's making contact, he's going in the paint. It sucks to see that ball rim out because it like, you know, centimeter in, like, I think someone's put a Vex on Pascal. Someone has a voodoo doll. There's, this is not a Pascal thing. It's not a basketball thing. This is now like a, I don't know, like a black magic thing. Something else is happening behind the scenes. But I think that it's, it's, um, I don't know. It's wild, but it's, it is also really sad to see that like when things like this happen, we know as Raptor fans what we can expect of Pascal, but like just the anticipation of having him see what's going to be said about him the next day, I think probably brings us down more than anything else. But people are so reactionary that like what happens now in February, if it's not happening in April, people are just not going to remember this stuff. You know what I mean? It's like how they don't remember like what happened in 2019. Um, I hope so, just, but, like, like against the Raptors, they remember everything. But they don't, right? Because they don't, like, they, like, I, I don't know how, like, the conversations you guys have been having, but, like, I'm on Clubhouse a lot. There are a lot of basketball conversations on there, and there's, like, there's a lot of, like, trade Pascal for, oh, my God, some of the names that they're saying. But, like, it seems to be a lot of, like, well, he can't do this in the playoffs. He can't be a number two guy. And it's, like, uh, obviously he's not a number, like, you know, there's all of that talk, but it's like, he's not even a number two. And it's like, did we not watch him be like a number two scoring yeah, yeah. option in the playoffs and win a championship? Like, are, why are we speaking in hypotheticals when like it happened? So I do think, it just happened. So I do think yeah. People are like very reactionary. And like, by the time we get to April and May, this might just be a, a, a piece of history. And we're, we're watching Pascal actually make some of those shots. That's, that's where my brain is at. He's gotten better. Well, I hope so too. And I think he's gotten better. A hundred percent. Oh, he's gotten so Thank much God better. Thank God that he started missing those threes. Like obviously you need Pascal to make <laughs> make threes. You need you, you know what I mean? You can't have Baines and Pascal out there. You need defenses to trust that shot. But him <laughs> shooting like 14% or whatever it was from deep was the greatest blessing that the Raptors had for that stretch. <laughs> I honestly think he was practicing. There's no other way he was doing that badly. He was just practicing. He's like, this is my time to do it. Um, okay, we've talked enough about tonight's awful game, probably the worst of the season. How do you guys think they're going to take this um, defeat and come around to meet our Giannis on Tuesday? Not our Giannis anymore, I guess. God damn oh, it, Giannis. No lock is your. Yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll certainly feel better about it if OG is going to play. 
um, you know, not the the best situation to drop him back into or anything. Um, but I think, you know, I, I don't want to get too bogged down in the like intangibles and stuff, but Milwaukee is coming off of a six game road trip where they lost the last three. And we just talked about how we thought the Raptors energy would be better in a game like this um, for that reason, because you're coming off the road and you've just had your ass kicked. And I mean, for Milwaukee, this is something insane, like an eight game homestand or something like that. Um, you know, I think, yeah, th- this is a team that hasn't lost three in a row. I think that was the conversation in 20, 2019 was that like they hadn't lost three in a row the whole season. And then when they got up 2-0 on the Raptors, everyone's like, oh, they haven't even lost three. Like, well, here's four. Um, so, you know, this is a team that doesn't struggle for long. And I do think that part of what they're struggling with is they're actually finally trying to do some different things. Uh, so that they maybe won't be so predictable. Um, like Amon, you mentioned with, with their three-point defense and stuff. Um, they are trying new things, and some of that's resulting in, you know, tough late-game losses like the one to Phoenix. And um, I didn't catch the one, uh, the OKC game today because it overlapped, um, but that was a five-point loss as well. So, you know, they're kind of going through similar to what the Raptors are going through. They just stacked a bunch of wins at the start of the season first. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think you go into those games hoping for a split and, you know, you certainly don't want to be 0-3 against them on the year and you'd like to not kind of bottom out emotionally by falling back five games under 500. Um, yeah, I think a split's kind of what you hope for there. Right, you're mine. Um, oh, I, I mean, I agree if you can get us. I mean, you know what? Forget a split. 2-0, baby. <laughs> Why not both? Two and oh. Okay. <laughs> They've lost three in a row. They can lose five in a row. Um, I I have a question for Blake, though. Any word on OGN and OB? Because I don't see how the Raptors really stand a chance against <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks. You got some juice for us, Blake? Some so, exclusives we can drop on dishes? decides to hit like 10 threes in the game. I just, I don't see it. So anyway. I mean, look, OKC did it without Shea today. So maybe it's, okay. uh, maybe yeah. it's not impossible. Uh, but no, I, so I, I think, um, you know, it sounded like OG was going to play tonight. Like that was the word out of practice on Saturday that, you know, they kept him out of the previous game because they had two off days coming up and they were optimistic. Um, but the last time he had practiced on it on an off day, he was a little sore the day after. And because it's a calf strain, that's a, that's an area that can really drag on if you, you know, if you get back out there and it's not a hundred percent yet. So I think they're just taking it extra cautious. Um, the fact that, it was a surprise that he didn't play today. You know, I'd expect him out there Tuesday. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's weird. They're, they're not, they're obviously not going to push it, but as I understand it, Cavs are a pretty, uh, pretty wonky thing. Eric Kareen has been on the shelf for like 18 months with a sore cap. So I can only imagine what, uh, what OG's going through an actual athlete. Yeah, um, that's crazy. And I would say if you were to sit him for any game before the box, it would be tonight, right? Like just give him the extra rest, the extra two days, whatever he needs to make sure that he's up against Giannis on Tuesday. For sure. Yeah. And I, you know what? For any Raptor fan that's like worried or distressed right now, I just think if you have OG, you win the Celtics game and you win the Timberwolves game. Like I just think we're talking about just a team. Like I just I, I think that that's who they were missing in both of those games, and I think a lot gets corrected. Um, like Blake mentioned, you're not just playing four bench guys, and um, you know either. From, I can't. I keep coming back to the spread thing. Uh, I just was looking at it earlier, and like, granted, take plus minus for what you want, 
But like the fact that he played 38 minutes and Kyle played 40 minutes. So like you have to imagine that most of those, the majority of those overlapped. Um, Fred was a minus 15 and Kyle was a plus two. <laughs> so in those minutes where, where Kyle sat and Fred was on there, just that, that team got absolutely wrecked. And most of that was during that 17 and two stretch that lasted about three minutes and 30 seconds um, and was just straight painful. But um, yeah, so I just I, I just think that if you have OG and Anobi, this though both those games are completely different, and we're talking about them in a different way. So the team is really just missing him, and it'll just be great if he comes back soon. Miss you. Sure would be. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like he's he's an all world level perimeter defender, and like I know the Celtics game, like they kept Tatum and Brown modest scoring, but they also combined for 19 assists. Like those guys had no problem getting off the ball and creating for teammates. And yeah, Shemi and Peyton Pritchard won't hit those level of shots, but you also maybe don't have to help off of them as much if OG's out in that norm spot. And, um, you know, tonight I, I think it was just kind of a weird game. Like like maybe you have the option to close with OG instead of Baines and that swings something, but I don't I know. I think so. That's, that's yeah. exactly what the minutes where I was looking at, where as soon as like, Baines wasn't horrible, but as soon as he got benched, by by the sixth foul, I was just like, okay, maybe the Raptors do have a shot in this one. Um, so it was just like an <laughs> automatic thought. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> That's why I think that OG makes makes a change there. But um, I just keep thinking back to like the fact that Chevy and Baden Bridgerton hit all of those things. Because I think back to like the Raptors last year when they like would shut down um, LeBron and AD, KCP wasn't going off like that. Like that's not what the Lakers guys were doing and like I don't know I think I'd trust KCP to make a shot more than I'd trust Shemi if my life was on the line but like I wouldn't trust either one of them really I, wouldn't I feel like we're like taking a shot. we're like Robin Hood against good teams we're like okay well we'll beat you and we'll take away your points and against bad teams we're like here's another point for you move up the table yeah. with us don't you worry um yeah, the NBA players are left open they're gonna make shots I think that's just the moral of the story here that's how it goes but also, on the other hand, I just say I looked at my phone and it was eleven eleven. <laughs> it's eleven eleven. Wow, true to the gimmick. <laughs> I looked at it on the podcast eleven eleven. I don't think so, right? What has this ever happened before on a podcast eleven eleven? No, we never record so. this late. Yeah, just for you, Blake. Just for you. <laughs> Sacrifice. Did you want to? Did you want to record during the game and then you got to react live? <laughs> I mean, here. at this point, we might as well have watched it live, right? Yeah, you you yeah, guys, you got to get used to if you record on Sundays. This is uh, yeah. two more Sundays in a row. I they've think. Got, they've yeah, got next Sunday on too. Sundays. We got to. We, you know what? The majority of dishes and dimes has existed without any basketball. Because like <laughs> when we started, there was the pause, and then there was the <laughs> off season. Um, so like we don't even know what a season with basketball looks like. To be honest, we have no schedule. You, you're <laughs> gonna be not. exhausted by April. <laughs> can't wait that's why there's okay. that's why there's like seven or eight of us i can't keep track <laughs> yeah there's a village just someone will take over who cares um i do want to offer a counterpoint though i do think that if there was a if there's a team to lose to i would rather lose to the timberwolves than anybody else just because of what cat has gone through um even tonight i was just like whenever he gets the ball let him shoot let him get it in he's just been through so much and just even seeing kyle on the court giving him you know even that little bit of support that he understands what he's gone through and he's on his side and he like you know he's just he gets what he's going through um that that's been huge and that's been really good to see so i'm i'm mad about the loss but i'm not as mad as i could have been pretty much that's my two cents for anybody that wants to not be as angry um 
Oh, but yeah, that was. Yeah. They're not part of like this hunt. Now the raptors have to like care about like the 15 seed and like the 14 seed in their hunt because they're, like, they're oh basically down there. So like, you know, you got to care about the, the lower seeds. So We're not six anymore, are we? What are we now? Now. Let's see. It, it's all bunched together. You went two straight and you're back, right back there. I don't now actually... to eight now. Okay, still in the playoffs. Still in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> like us in the Knicks, basically, which is never what you want to say. Um, I have a couple of questions for, for about you, to both of you guys, actually, just about the Eastern Conference in general, just because we were talking about it earlier today. I and love it. Loop me in with Blake. Go ahead. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm ready for questions. You guys. <laughs> um, okay. So if you guys had to pick two teams right now to make the conference finals in the East, who would your two teams be? I'm interested. I going first. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to uh, go with Philly and Brooklyn. Okay. I uh, I'm still not a huge believer in. I'm a believer in Giannis being like the best player, but uh, I don't know. I don't have a ton of faith in like the system and the changes that they're trying to work through. Like obviously they have a lot of time to figure it out, but their depth doesn't scare me as much, and the center position doesn't, you know. Forgive me for not having a, a ton of fear about Brooke Lopez when he's at 28, 29%. <laughs> or like, you know, Bobby Portis in big minutes. I like Portis as a bench guy, but, um, you know, it's uh, – I think Brooklyn is just like – they're going to be so impossible to stop. And then Philly – Philly is almost the – maybe I'm just like kind of rooting for this because I think, I think Philly, short of Utah, has maybe the highest defensive upside of any team uh, when they're really locked in. And I just – I, I want to see that series. And, and I think – you know, I think Brooklyn would beat Milwaukee, and I kind of think Philly would beat Milwaukee. So that's where I'm I'm going with that one. I guess they could obviously meet up earlier than that, but um, yeah, that's what I pick right now. Um, I'm, not, I'm not going off of this because Blake said it. Because I I promise I thought about this too. It's not just because the writer said it, the athletic who said it. Um, but I was saying the same thing as well. I was like, honestly, I don't I don't trust Milwaukee um, because of one person, Bud. Um, I just don't think that they're gonna, they're ever going to, like, whatever they do is always going to be figured out by the other team. They haven't been able to go over the hump the past few years. What makes you think it's going to happen this year, especially when the East has looked so good. And I don't think we've seen Brooklyn at their full strength just yet. I think they have a lot more to offer. They're going to be scary after on. You don't know what, you know, Kevin's going to look like. You don't know what Kyrie's going to look like when he's locked in. You don't know. I mean, even now it sounds like they figured out what their roles are. Um, apparently Kyrie told, um, uh, Harden that, that he's the shooting guard while Harden is the PG so you know things are brewing they're, they're coming together they'll probably get another center mixing. too like I'd imagine I they'll think, be yeah. the destination for bio guys yeah oh absolutely which was surprising that like they didn't pursue Surge that, that hard but maybe the money didn't make sense or anything no it didn't make sense did it no I don't think they the could have was, got I don't yeah. think they could have offered the whole mid-level I I said the same as both of you guys. So I was really interested in that because, like, I find it really difficult to still bet against Milwaukee. I know that they, like, I hear what both of you guys said, and that was, like, the logic that I put in because I said Philly and Brooklyn when I was asked this question uh, just because, like, I love what Philly's – like, I just am in love with the Philadelphia 76ers this year, which sounds so disgusting to say, but I'm there. And then, like, <laughs> I can't ever bet against Kevin Durant just watching him play. And then you have James Harden on top of that. I just – I don't know, but then 
at the same time, I think they kind of still have the biggest like disaster potential. And I think, yeah. I think I've convinced myself that I would take Milwaukee in that series. And like Milwaukee has changed what they've done, where they're not trying to be as predictable. And like, yeah, that is why they're kind of losing a lot of games. They're not sort of their defensive like just sagging off of these shooters and packing the paint and just like <laughs> letting Fred Van Vliet shoot a hundred percent from deep. <laughs> Because um, he's taking wide open threes. It's not an outlier. It's wide open. He's a forty percent career shooter. <laughs> not an outlier. It's not. Do you have someone in mind with the, with these comments? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, but, Do you think he watches and like he gets like riled up after he hears you go off? <laughs> um, but but yeah, like they're they're switching a lot more on defense, and they just they have the defensive personnel that I like. I think they can do it, and also like I just think they have to be marginally better, and like. Think Drew Holiday might just be marginally better than like enough of like a, a, the Bledsoe to like make this doable. So like a part of me just really wants to pick them, but I still just cannot pick the Milwaukee Bucks. So I'm stuck picking the Brooklyn Nets and Philadelphia 76ers. I thought one of you guys could like convince me that I was wrong and I should take the Bucks, but never mind. That didn't happen. Yeah, I mean maybe we've all just like kind of you know with the Bucks gotten to the point where it's like okay, we all respect how good you are but until we see it in the playoffs right like it's been a you know the raptors have been in that spot before too and the other thing too that that affected my thinking a little bit and this is dangerous because like you don't want to fall into like celtics fandom of like oh the celtics are good because of a trade they won't make but it could happen yeah. um philly is like kind of asset rich to add another um another wing score and you know i think 76ers fans dream of either Zach Levine or Kyle Lowry. Um, you know, you come down the salary tier a little bit, though, and, and like, there are probably going to be some wings in their price range um, if they're willing uh, to give up a pick or a Tyrese Maxey in a deal. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Philly's aggressive because, like, the window's there, I think. Yeah. And more instead, like, I was tweeting about this earlier this week. Zach Lowe wrote an article about it back in like January, I want to say, where Maury was talking about if you have a 5% chance of winning a championship, you go all in. As long as it's a 5% chance. And you look at the Philadelphia 76ers team, like Joel Embiid is, if not the front runner, he's number two for in the MVP race right now. Um, I think it's solidly a number three between himself, LeBron, and Jokic, but I just don't think the Nuggets are as good as the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers and the team LeBron on the Lakers. <laughs> um, uh, I forgot. I forgot for a second. My brain's not working. It's Sunday at like eleven twenty, you guys. But I just like I don't know. Like I, I'm in it. Like I hadn't heard the Zach Levine stuff, but I guess that makes sense because of the way that he's just been showing out in Chicago. But what do you think? Do you think that that makes them that much better, or do you think it? Because you mentioned their defense, adding a guy like Zach Levine in. How do you think that that affects them? Do, would you consider them the far and away favorites if they added him just because his offensive output is just enough? Not not far and away, just because of, of what Brooklyn looks like. And, like, to make the salaries match, you know, you're going to lose Danny Green. You're going to lose yeah. Mike Scott. And, um, you know, but I think, I don't know. I, th- I think you look at uh, what they do. And, and I, you know, I've been of the mind in the last two years with the Bulls, maybe, that, um, you know, Zach Levine's not a good defender, but you can work with him. And, and like, that Bulls starting lineup in the second half of last year where he started alongside Chris Dunn, those units were really good defensively. Um, so maybe, you know, you put him around better defenders and he's kind of in what a, the Redick role defensively 
Yeah. Uh, maybe you can hide him a little bit. I, I do think, you know, I threw out Zach Levine because I think that's kind of like the Sixers fan dream. I, I don't think that's super realistic at his like price point and, and where the Bulls are. But um, I do think that, you know, they have a pretty obvious need for a little bit more wing scoring. And, and that's, you look at the six, seven, eight worst teams in the league and you can get a little bit of that, probably not all that expensive. So, um, And your professional opinion, Blake, is Kyle. Um, could that happen for Philly? Uh, Philly's a little tough just because like finish. she couldn't even finish her sentence. She was just like, could that? Happen? I don't. Uh, <laughs> I was like, that. can I leave before he answers? <laughs> I don't want Tobias Harris's contract back in a Kyle deal, and, and like I like Harris fine. He's having a good year, but the the years on that would be a, a no for me. So you have to like then you're looking at like Green, Scott, Tybal, maybe Maxi, and then like and then maybe picks on top of that, and then he gets stuff. The, everything for Lowry, about Lowry for me though comes down to what Kyle wants. Like, like for yeah. me that that's really the only factor. If he if he tells you he'd like to go somewhere, you try to work it out. If he tells you he wants to stay, you don't even address yeah. it. Like I think he's earned that at this point. And to be completely honest, like the season doesn't feel like it matters as much as a normal year. So like it, whatever you know, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's certainly a lower investment season. And, and, like, if you're the Raptors, it's a lower revenue <laughs> oh, yeah. season too, right? Like, you're not getting that deep playoff run uh, money. So, I don't know. I think it all comes down to what Kyle wants. Take it. Uh, that ticket money. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, like, you know what, Daryl Morey? If you want Lowry so bad, throw in Ben Simmons. The money works. Yeah. Ben no, Simmons, it's cool. Maxie. Um, who else could we, could we add to that? Oh. Embiid. <laughs> And me too. It was the whole roster if you want Kyle. We want the whole deal. Look, Paul Reed's been like the best player in the G League so far. Throw him our way on a two way. (laughs) There we go. Give us always sunny copyrights. Like, do everything has to come our way, but you really want Kyle. I have not started that show. Is that a show that I need to start? Because I need a new. Are you joking? I've like, Like, have you seen it? Oh, yeah. It's it's like my favorite show. Okay. It's the uh, best show in the world. Right. You know, as, I, as much as Samson has tried to ruin it on Twitter this year, <laughs> uh, it's still still my it's favorite. Samson and Dana, they both love yeah. that show, and you can tell they love that show. But no, Iman, you need to watch it. It's I like it is good because it. it's like um, it's about four people, but it's not like your usual four good people. It's your four bad people. So it's love like it. it's, I've, got, it's I've exhausted like basically every sitcom that I have on like every streaming service that I have. So like now I'm just sitting there being like, I need a new one. Oh yeah. So that, that's the issue with always sunny is you've got to go like uh, undergrad dorm room hacks. Like you gotta, you gotta torrent that stuff. (laughs) You gotta get some viruses to be able to watch it. But I said that I watched the Timberwolves podcast today. (laughs) I mean, look, the Timberwolves, the Timberwolves have like a top three or top five broadcast. No one's going to blame you for that. I was saying that today. Okay. Can you name your top five? Cause this is what I said were my top five. I said in no particular order. I think it's the Hornets. I think it's the Timberwolves. I think it's the Nets. I think it's the Knicks because I I just love me some source words, you know. Um, and anytime you have Mike Green on, uh, and then I think it's the Kings. I just enjoy the Kings. I yeah, love Chris, Doug Christie's awesome. I love Doug Christie. What would your do you have a top five? And that's not naming the Raptors on purpose because like I'm biased and Jack is my favorite team. Yeah, I would have Brooklyn and Minnesota are, are like yeah. no-doubters. Um, I'd have to sit down with the list. I think Sacramento probably cracks it um, because I like Doug Christie a lot. Okay. Um, Portland was in there when they had Calabro. I haven't listened a ton. Uh, I haven't caught a lot of Portland's broadcast yet this year to, to judge if um, they'd still be toward the top. 
Uh, I'm trying to think who else would round it out. I don't know. That's all I, I've Doug got Curry's off the top great. of my head. I'll say Doug Curry's fun to listen to as well. And I forget yeah, what the yeah. play-by-play guy's name is, but he's just excited all the time. Like, he's running on 100, and I just find that fun. Because sometimes I'm just like, it wasn't that great, you know? But like, I love your energy, <laughs> so it is. Um, but yeah, yeah, I can't think of... Yeah, those are my top five. I think the Phoenix... I think the Suns have a really good one, too, if I'm remembering right. Yeah. I'm trying to, like, picture, like, late nights, like, half asleep on the couch yeah, like five four five beers in and it's uh, <laughs> a lot of sun's viewing that those nine o'clock start times are, are perfect for that type of viewing so yeah that's true i, I feel like the, the suns clippers, are in there too i think i haven't watched the clippers game from tip off but i used to like that they would do like whenever the the jump ball would happen and like whichever team won it they'd be like they're gonna start the first and the fourth with the ball i just like them starting off with that i'm just like this is fun uh, I've, the clippers I, i'm not familiar with that team i don't know uh, who, I don't who you're talking about i forget i don't know their name but i forget but they always would start off with like well they're gonna have the ball for the first and the fourth and i'm just like this is, this is, this is fun you should everyone should start with it um but yeah some, some broadcast talk and we exhausted all things to talk about on this sunday <laughs> what time is it 11 30 when did yeah. it start how long is it going to pause this late in the night, you know? Um, and because neither one of us are recording it, we have no long help. We have no idea how it's gone. <laughs> we've Eastern Conference basketball. We've talked some rafters. Can I ask you, like, just because you you are our, our um, Dr. Phil for the night, Dr. Blake. I haven't um, done a very good job of that. I've stoked the fire more than calmed you down. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, think. you know what? You're just <laughs> to redeem yourself. Okay. Um, let's, let's ask some questions, Nora. Think of some questions that you need for Blake as well, just to help calm your nerves right now. Um, so mine okay. is where – can you convince me that this Raptors team is somehow still going to finish? Do you believe that they can potentially finish in the top four with home court advantage? Because last week I was all there. This week I've fallen back. Do you think it's a possibility? So not saying that it's a definite, but do you believe it's still a possibility just to help calm some of my nerves right now? Yeah, I think it's a possibility. And honestly, I'm not even that worried about top four just because, like, I don't no think home court, home court is a thing. <laughs> um, but I do think that top five is important because um, then you can get that 4-5 matchup and you can avoid the Brooklyn-Philly um, oh. Milwaukee in the first yeah. round so you know there are kind of a couple cutoffs right like you want to finish top six so you don't have to deal with the play and stuff uh you get a couple games a couple days to rest before the real playoffs and then yeah if you can get up to fifth you know maybe you're playing Boston but I'd much rather play Boston or Indiana than than those other three teams that we talked about I think there's a pretty big drop off between tiers so um I do think it's possible you know you mentioned earlier how tight the east standings are right now um, the Raptors, I know Raptors fans are so tired of hearing about how their net rating is that of a team that's a couple games above 500. But that is a better predictor of how teams will do the rest of the season uh, than the record is. You know, OG will be back at some point. Um, you know, Patrick McCall will be back at some point. Take it over which, some uh, other guys. Hey, maybe it means... Yeah, yeah. If, it, if they come at the expense of TD's minutes, then uh, it's going to flip last year's conversation. People are going to be... Everyone's going to be in Macaw's corner instead. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's possible. I, I think it's, you know, maybe even realistic. Like the Celtics do not look um, super can I, dangerous. Can I interrupt you to just say? Yeah. The Celtics are the first team this season to not score 100 on the Washington Wizards. Just putting wow. that out there. 
<laughs> I love that stat. This entire year. I like because I saw like the score in the fourth and I was like, what? And I just had to like look up the wizard schedule and I was like nope not a single team in the regular season <laughs> and, uh, I think the, the heat just got to the 100 mark so there you go unreal anyway yeah I think it's realistic like they're only a game and a half back and then um you know the Raptors I, I think if I remember right from when the first half of the schedule came out like the Raptors second half of the schedule projects to be easier too um you know it's already been very easy but uh, yeah. yeah so I don't know I think it's still in the mix you know I don't it's not a – this is the East. Three games under 500 isn't that bad. That is true. It's true. Bad conference. It's true. Well, staying on that positive takeaway, um, what's your biggest positive takeaway from the team so far? Like, we, I know we've had a couple um, new players integrate into the lineup, and we've seen how they fit in with the team. And just seeing them even come around to play um, to Raptors' defensive standards and just Raptors' standards in general, what, where do you think um, – What's your biggest positive takeaway from that? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously some of the new pieces fitting in uh, is really encouraging. Youth has been really cool. Um, I've always been a huge DeAndre Bembry fan and and was, like, surprised he wasn't a Nick Nurse favorite uh, right away to begin with. Um, But I think, like, bigger picture, the, the thing that I'm most encouraged by is that the offense has actually been pretty good, even though the transition game hasn't been quite as effective. And if you look, you know, coming into what we what we thought coming into the year. We thought, okay, they'd be a good defense and they'd be a good transition offense and they're going to struggle in the half court. And it's kind of been the like the reverse of that. Um, so I think that that, you know, on one hand, maybe that comes back down to earth, but if they can start doing their stuff better, um, you know, the fact that the half court offense is a little more functional this year uh, is encouraging. I, I think, you know, obviously we've seen this year, this is the lowest the floor has ever been for them, but I don't think, you know, them at their best is all that different from, from what we recognize. Um, you know, the longer this drags on, the the more doubt I have that they're going to get there. But I think, you know, the, the pieces of what this team is or what this team has been it, are still mostly there. Yeah, and what better season to practice with all these new people than Tampa. the fakest season of them all, you know? And, and, and it's in Tampa. I was actually I was going to ask you about that because their offensive rating, I haven't checked since the Celtics game, was six at the time, at the, at the very least, this is like early last, early this week. Um, and their defense was like 18th, and they weren't getting out in transition as much. Like they're, they've gotten much better um, in the last couple of weeks, but they just weren't doing that at the start of the season. Do you have hope that their defense will get better? If their defense gets better, we have to imagine this offensive rating is just going to continue to maybe stay up in the top 10. Is it realistic that they continue to be a top 10? Maybe not a top five, like they were kind of hovering around, um, but at least be a top 10 uh, offensive team. And do you think that they can bring their defense closer to top 10 as opposed to bottom 10? Yeah, so right now they're 8th in offense and 19th in okay. defense, which, again, is kind of the reverse of what we thought uh, was going to be the case. And I think, you know, your point about when the defense gets better, will it make the offense better um, is, is legitimate. Obviously, obviously the more stops you get, the more you can kind of get around the break off of defensive rebounds. Uh, I will say though, the Raptors are still first in the league in forcing turnovers. So they are still getting that part of the transition game. At least um, I think it's more that like the amount of offensive rebounds they give up are just such like oh. psychological killers. Um, but you know, Thompson just got like every single offensive board. 
Aaron Baines had one defensive board tonight. Go to Chris Boucher. <laughs> yeah. Didn't Baines go you like know, three halves without a defensive rebound last like this week? I would imagine. You know, he had bad? one entire <laughs> game tonight. You know what's bad when Kyle Lowry is making more of a defensive play than anybody else, a re- rebounding play than anybody else. Like he's the one who's actually that's, putting his body on the, the line. Issue. When your like, best defenders are the guys that are under six feet tall, you're going like that's a problem. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I do think the defense will be better. You know, I think they've gone through some some. Obviously, they're missing their best defensive player for ten games now. Um, that's part of it. The the Bane stuff is part of it. The, I don't know that the rebounding will be this bad. Um, you know, there's a lot of little stuff they can do better. Uh, but I I do think that you know hoping for top ten on both ends is like like if you're hoping for that, like you're just sneaking yeah. into the top ten on both ends. I don't I don't have a ton of confidence that like as their defense increases, their offense will be that much better. Um, they can finish better in transition. They're not shooting a great percentage at the rim when they get it on the run. Um, but I also think, like, they've already, they, they have been having a good volume of transition offense still. So I don't know that it would be, like, quite the bump it would have been maybe in, in previous years. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, it wasn't the therapy that I needed. I wanted you to lie to me completely and just say, you know what, yeah. he starts in the dorm, <laughs> he plays with the starters, he might, you know – I'll do a better job finishing at the rim than he's done this entire season. And, you know. No, he's going to he's gonna go back to the bench and go back to not finishing. It's going to be no longer playable afterwards. Yeah. The Raptors, like. By the, Ben Bleet at, like, the buzzer there. And I'm just like, okay, Nick. <laughs> One of the things I think, too, like, this is not, like, a statistical or analytic thing, but, like, having two guys who are only six feet tall, I feel like part of the issue with the Raptors finishing in transition is, like, it feels like a team that never dunks. Yeah. Yeah. They just that's like, so don't true. dunk a lot. And it's, you know, obviously the Siakam example stands out, but like, you know, there was that one play earlier in the year that basically it was the Pacers game five dunk and with Norm and it, it rattled off back rim. And like Baines has obviously missed pretty much everything at the rim. Just, they need more dunks. They just, they need this is, it's my entire, it's my entire John Collins take when people bring up John Collins. It's like, whatever you think of the fit or the trades, it just, they, they need more dunks. There's not, not enough cool moments in the game. All DeAndre Bembry is, is like their best Yombo dunker this year. Re- oh yeah. 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 He is. He is. John Day, are you free? Yeah. Um. <laughs> he is. Yeah. All right. I mean, I think I think you did a good job of calming some of my nerves and still keeping me realistic because I I literally came in like I was messaging Nora like, do I have to be on? I'm just angry. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know what I watched, but I'm upset. Um, and everyone, can you guys vote for Kyle Lowry as the all-star? Like, why are we even entertaining other Raptors as the all-star for this team? If there's going to be one, it's going to be Kyle. Time and time again, he's the best player on the court. And it's not, uh, to me, it's not debatable. He was the best player on the court tonight, in my opinion. And if they're going to have any all-stars, this weekend. So that's my late rant for the night. Then I will always have the false confidence and I'll just be delusional that we're going to make it far. We're going to go to the it finals. The fans. You know, they're there every single Oh, day. take it. Yes, they're whatever they're doing, they're doing right. They're still Knicks fans after all these years. You know, they're looking for something, and you got to find, you know, the diamond in the roughest of places possible. And that's what I'm doing. I I invite you all to join me on this delusion. We will ride this together. And even if we lose and we're out the first round, you know what? Whatever, that's fine. It's fake season. Doesn't count. 
not basketball is not real right now pandemic going on vaccines not out yet we don't have it so it doesn't matter um i want to thank blake for taking the time to talk to us today and for calming our nerves and for taking the time away from fred and pascal to come talk to iman and i yeah, <laughs> which like why would you do that big upgrade <laughs> big upgrade yeah i right. can't i can't drink a beer while i'm on with, with fred and kyle and pascal so this is uh i mean you can we won't tell yeah, well, they can you see. Hide is the it. Thing. You can hide it in like a just get like a, a water bottle that's not I guess brown paper this, bag. This can like, I can on. just turn it around like this, and there no one could tell. No, but... no one nope. would know. No. Put it nope. in your water bottle. No one yeah. would know. Or and do they... the uh, do the always sunny trick and pour the red wine in a Pepsi cup. <laughs> <so> <laughs> yeah. that, I, wish uh, I understood just... that. Catch me next week, guys, when I will understand this reference. So it's, <laughs> uh, it's always sunny. You need to watch that specific episode. Thank you to everyone who's listened. We're hoping you're feeling a little bit better about this team like we are. Check us out next week and check out all the podcasts on the Basketball News Network. Thanks and good night, everyone.